Hello and welcome to the Premier League Fan Podcast and thank you very much for joining us for episode 5, The Big Six. Now before we start this episode, I do just need to start with a quick warning. Now this episode may contain some language, some topics or some other things that some people may find offensive. It's almost guaranteed tonight as we have a Manchester United fan and an Arsenal fan who both like to live in the glory days. Now also, don't forget you can join in the conversation on social media at PL Fan Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Thank you very much for listening and welcome to episode 5 of the Premier League Fan Podcast. Okay, uh, and welcome to this week's Premier League fan podcast. Um, how are we doing this week, boys? Very well. Very, Fantastic. very good. Thank you. A bit sunburnt. Bit sunburnt. <laughs> the yeah, sun is face. shining. Yeah. The sun summer. is shining. It's definitely summer. Um, yeah, so uh, just to give you a little bit roundup of last week. So um, last week we discussed uh, manager of the season. Um Twitter poll went out there uh, and it seems that um, there was quite a bit of a mixed review about what we discussed on last week's pod that um, Jurgen Klopp and Chris Wilder seem to have a split in the vote so I think it sort of um, encapsulated what we spoke about last week really yeah. that um, yeah these two have done incredible jobs what are you guys we surprised actually, yeah and we actually agreed on that. <laughs> I'm surprised Troy agreed with us to be honest <laughs> It was rather um, it was rather painless, wasn't it, to get those three names out of us? Um, and yeah, I mean, we we can vouch that we didn't rehearse that. We didn't, you know, it was it was completely done live yeah. on the podcast. So yeah, we did we did really well. I mean, obviously tonight we are discussing the um, the big six. So obviously uh, going to be talking a lot in detail about Arsenal and Manchester United. So that may all go out the window tonight, but we'll wa- we'll wait and see. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, so one thing, one thing I want to discuss before we get onto that, though, um, obviously we try and keep this first part of the podcast a little bit more lighthearted. Um, but one thing that we haven't discussed since um, episode one, um, and I feel it's it, it may be appropriate to talk about it again, is how we're getting on with um, how the Premier League are getting on with Project Restart. Um, so obviously, just to give a little bit of a summary of where we are, and I want to get your boys' opinion on this. Um, 19th of June is when uh, the um, Premier League is proposing to come back. Um, uh, The first round of tests um, had six positive results. Um, The majority of them came out of Watford. Um, It was unknown where the rest came from. Um, The second wave of tests have come round this week um, with two positive results. One positive result is coming out of Bournemouth, um, obviously a club very that? close to myself. Um, it was, Ramsdale. It was, yeah, it was revealed in the press this week that it was Aaron Ramsdale. So Aaron mm. Ramsdale is, is currently suffering with coronavirus. Don't get me wrong, in no way possible do I think that Aaron Ramsdale listens to this podcast, but obviously if this does get to it, obviously we'd like to just wish him no, well. I, I, I asked him, he said he does watch it. Right? Yeah, his 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 dad did um like some a tweet of of ours. So, if, uh, you know, if if his dad does listen, wish him wish him the best from us. You know, <laughs> get him on the um, pod for us. Yeah, get him on the pod. We'd love to have him <laughs> on the pod. But um, obviously, the the good news with Aaron Ramsdale is that he's not symptomatic. That's really really positive news. Um, obviously, this goes back, Troy, to what we discussed on episode one. How how are you feeling now? We're getting a little bit closer to. It's starting because you were dead against it. Where? How do you feel now? Look, there's, there's a lot of talk in the press as well, isn't there, about players not wanting to, to restart. And, you know, I, I, I even said in the first episode, as long as it's safe, I have no problem with it, but you can't guarantee it's safety. You've got no, you've got no fans for that very reason that it's not safe. You, you have you have players training on their own 
What's the point in them training on the road when when they actually go and play on a football pitch? Yeah, yeah well, well, this um, team, this no? this this week's obviously the, the we 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 record the podcast on the Tuesday night and it comes out on the Wednesday. So when this goes out on the Wednesday, um, is when clubs are expected to introduce contact training sessions. So today, so to speak, um, it's when that's going to be happening. So. It just feels very quick for me. I don't know what you guys yeah. think. The government guidelines is you, you can only meet up with one person. Yeah, don't exactly. Go for a walk. How, go for how, a walk. how are you going to do that on, it's, a, on it's, a football pitch? I, 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 will be honest, I will be honest with you. I don't know if it's because it was very close to home with a club that I've followed since, since I was a lad. But when I saw that, that it, it affected a Bournemouth player, especially one that's cl- so close to, to Bournemouth fans' hearts as Aaron Ramsdale is, it just sort of rung alarm bells for me that actually this is, you know, who has is, who is Aaron Ramsdale interacted with down in training? And, and yeah, I, I sort of find myself swaying your way, Troy, that yeah, the safety needs, it needs to be top priority. And I worry that it wasn't at well, the moment. The problem yeah. is if players don't want to go back to training or don't want to play the matches, for to risk it for the family you can't really force them so there's going to be complications when it comes to playing the games anyway well that's what's happened with Kante isn't it because yes. yeah. Chelsea have just said you're not, exactly. you might not play the rest of the season and it only takes Troy a couple Deeney of players well. to say it yeah Troy Deeney as well like Troy said Troy Deeney's publicly come out and said quite publicly that he doesn't want to go back to training you've got to respect that decision really he doesn't want him no, obviously for personal, for, 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 for biased think, reasons. Luke, I think but, it's um, just, yeah. it's a strange one because obviously the Bundesliga is back and that seems to be working. So there must be ways of it working. But one thing, one thing I have, I have noticed, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful that um, we have live football back and everything, but it's very relaxed. I watched it this weekend um, with, with, with a head on that was like, okay, let's just see how they're doing this. And, yeah, there's a lot of things that they shouldn't be doing. There's a lot of handshaking. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, and I just think... Yeah. What I find a joke. No, what I find a joke. I'm supposed to, when they celebrate, it's supposed to be two metres apart. That's but right. they're going for a sliding tackle, flying past the person. Yeah, and they can all. They, what is the point? They can all. St- they can all. They can all stand each other but and set a wall up, ready for a re-kick. Yeah. But uh, even that's just, not... Even that's not being followed, because I watched the Dortmund-Bayern game earlier, and they were celebrating together. It's so lax now. Boris Johnson hasn't really helped with his. No. I hope we're not I mean, a political obviously... debate. <laughs> no, it's it. We, 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 are, we are a football podcast and we do try and keep it to the football. But I just I wanted to I wanted to sort of. We haven't discussed it since episode one. Obviously, a lot's happened since then. But yeah, I, 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 my personal objection is it's it's far too soon but i i you know i echo what troy said really it needs to be safe um, yeah. money talks doesn't it yeah money talks that 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 is that is the uh that is the bottom line but as long as it's safe for for the for the, the players and the the sport that, that the four of us love then then fair play um yeah so not it's not usually something as somber that we usually start this podcast with but um i think it was an important issue that we needed to raise but obviously um that's that's sort of where we stand with that so should we get into should we get into the main debate of why we're here today shall we let's 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 talk let's 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 talk about the big six This episode of the Premier League Fan Podcast is sponsored by our podcast provider, Anchor. Now, Anchor is a free app that you can download on your iPhone or iPad or any of your mobile phones. It is free to use and it has everything you need to create your own podcast. Now, trust me, if the four of us idiots can use it, anyone can use it. It's so easy. Go to Anchor FM to start your podcast today. Now, sit back and enjoy the Premier League fan podcast. Okay, so this week, boys, we are talking about the supposed big six um, using the inverted commas. Um, the big six, obviously, is something that uh, has has been around for a, for a very long time. Um, different clubs have come in and out of it. 
obviously Man City have, have been involved um, since the money's come in. Uh, yeah, obviously Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs, Arsenal, Manchester United. They are the, the six teams that have dominated the Premier League over the years. Um, but there's a lot of contention as to is that still a way to do it? And obviously we'll start the podcast off with a quote that um, Maurizio Potticino done this week where he said um is there such a thing as a top six as we look at the top six right now arsenal and spurs aren't in it um should we consider that a a top six anymore and that's the debate that we're sort of talking about today really is there such a thing these days as the big six joe uh i mean yeah i mean I think it still is the big six. Um, now, obviously, we'll go in as we go further. I think there's a bit of scope for change. But I think when you think about a big six team, it's not about just where they finish in the league. You know, on top of that, you've got to think about do they attract players, you know, to, to that team? Is it one dip in the season? Are they going to then come back? You know, money in the club. Is going to still attract big players, which will keep them up in the in the top half there. So, I think I think it is still a, a thing in the Premier League. I, I really do. And attracting, it's a really it's a really um, interesting word you used there, Joe. Was attracting the big players to um, to these big six teams. Is if if I mean obviously you're an Arsenal fan, um, you're in a situation where you're probably looking for. Um, some big players to come in you know it's an it's an yeah. ongoing process it's, it, it's something that's a, a work in progress certainly at Arsenal if results don't go Arsenal's way and they don't have European football next year how are they going to attract those big names yeah um, I think I think the I, I remember uh, quite recently quite a few quotes coming out and obviously this isn't first hand because I haven't been called up by Arsenal yet um, but, <laughs> but any day that, now, yeah. But they say that a lot of people say that when Arsenal call you, it's a different phone call, and I'm sure that's the same for a lot of big clubs. And I mean, I guess European is massive European football, but I still think we could attract big players, and I think a lot of big players will still be at the club at the time, which I think is very influential as well, with other players coming in. Um, so I think you've still got that scope. So um, before we get into each of the big six individually, I want to talk a little bit about the teams that are around that big six area um, and the teams that we feel are going to give those big six a run for their money. Um, Troy, when you think about the clubs outside of the top six, what clubs stick into your mind that think, yeah, these, these could be mentioned in that same conversation? I think Wolves, uh, Wolves are up there as one of the ones pushing for top six. But are we talking um, about present, or are we talking about just since the Premier League starts? Because uh, no, uh, uh, obviously that over the last five five years, for example, you know, obviously, I think one debate has to be Leicester City, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, Leicester. Leicester. Leicester City, they won the Premier League. Um, in the 2015-16 season, you know, th- there are clubs that are in that supposed big six that have never done that. Um, but yet they're not mentioned in the conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Um, anybody want to weigh in on that? Well, they've, they've not done it. They've not been consistent enough, Leicester City. Yes, they've won the Premier League. Yes, they're, you know, they're up in there at the moment in the in this season. But I don't think you can put them as and class them as a top as a big six team um, until they've had a bit more consistency. That's why I think that's why we talk about Tottenham because they you know they're amongst the top four even top six for you know how many seasons now. Um, you know Arsenal I know they drop in and out of the top four but they're you know they're still around the top six um, most of the season. So I think I think Leicester have got to do it more consistently before we start saying they're part of that. Yeah. Or Big Seven, if you want to expand it. 
And obviously we're sat here right now in a situation, I mean, obviously the season's far from over. We've just spoken about the finishing of the, the season. Obviously we sit here right now with Leicester City in third position. Um, do they need to add anything to their team to, to make it more consistent? What do you think that team needs to be mentioned in the same breath as those big six teams? What do you think's lacking there? I'm not sure it's necessarily a case of lacking. It's just a potentially a matter of time. I mean, obviously they'll have to build on certain areas. I don't think necessarily they have a massive weak point. They need a, they need a just, striker, don't they? After, well, yeah, Vardy's. Vardy, Vardy's getting old. But I mean, he's on fire this season, isn't he? But um, I think it's just time as well. I think over time, you know, if you if you keep staying up there and there's other teams that continuously don't stay up there, then it just sort of, that's the way it is, isn't it? Changes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to mention about teams around the top six, like you said, I'd be putting Everton there. Definitely. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Um, I don't yeah, know why I mean, people keep saying Everton. Well, the reason I'd say... They've got a lot of money behind them, but they, what have they actually done? Well, in terms of like Premier League standings, uh, they're up there for the most points and in Premier League history. Uh, they've they've always been around the sixth, seventh, eighth spot. I know the past couple of seasons, obviously the twelfth at the moment, the last couple of seasons have been in eighth position, and in 2016, 17, I think they finished in seventh position. So they're always around that area. Yeah, just... and 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 going go, going back into to, to that, adding to that point, Luke is. Um, yeah, looking looking at the past few seasons, you know, I did when I did my research for this podcast, I looked back to when Man City got the money and got the investment and started to be considered as that big six team. Um, and the, the the team that's outside the big six that has appeared in in the top six it, the most times is Everton. Um, you yeah. know, twice twice they've they finished within within the top six. I, as we as we discussed last week in the podcast, I think um, bringing Ancelotti in. It was a massive statement. I think um, they're, they're building a new stadium. I think I think that's their goal, isn't it? But you, you just get the impression they're not quite there not yet. Not quite there um, yet, but it's they're there, definitely. I think as well, they, I just still can't understand the, what they do in the transfer market. It, it, like, you know, bringing yeah. players in like Walcott and, and Wobi and... They're not that was performing. A sign and, and you think about it, if you think about it, Arsenal obviously haven't been you know, at their best for, for a couple of years now. And these players weren't getting into that squad. If you want to be challenging for the top six, you've got to be getting players that are going to be better than those teams. So, Yeah, and and, and the, obviously players, obviously it is a, it's a big thing. And I want to get, I want to get into to that in a bit more detail when we talk about each of the individual six at the top league. But there are so many um Play, uh, clubs in the Premier League that are looking for certain positions, and I feel like the players to fill those those spaces to a team that want to be in top six are getting harder and harder to come by. I think we look at look at this look at the, the centre back, for example. Um, obviously, Liverpool were struggling for for so long, um, and when they got Virgil Van Dijk in, it changed. Um, you could argue there are teams in the in the supposed big six now that need a, need defenders. You know, we we I think you can't agree that Arsenal need a need a centre back. But where's that next big player going to come from? That big player is going to come with a pay with a with a pay packet and a and a and a price attached to them. It's just there's only so many players that can do that, um, and that's going to be a struggle. Yeah, you're right. And uh, the big thing as well, when you think about something like that, in regards to defenders, is you don't know that many people that grow up wanting to be a defender. Very Everyone true. wants to be wingers and strikers. So that's why they're so hard to come by as well. And I but I also I think, think, yeah, sorry, you get to a position uh, like a defender, for instance, and there's a certain level like the Premier League now where they're, they're all good. They're all they're, they're all so good. You can't you can't really find any standout centre-backs as such. But if you think of the Premier League of standout centre-backs now, you are lim- limiting yourself. Mm. And you need, to, you need to look at, you know, one one thing. People know where the money is. People, uh, people will put a premium on a player because they know that club can afford it. You know, look at this, look at this summer transfer window. 
Um, Maguire went off to Manchester United for an incredible fee. Um, Leicester were looking for a centre-back and came knocking on AFC Bournemouth's door for Nathan Ake. And what did we do? We we said, you can have Nathan Ake, but we want £70 million pounds for him. Um, I think clubs are savvy. They know where the money is and they're going to put that premium on top. Exactly. Um, I want to uh, get bring Troy in a second here. So obviously Manchester United, I've heard a lot of people bat around the fact that Ollie's going to need a, a good few um, transfer windows to, to really cement that team that he wants. With the point that we've just brought up, Troy, with the fact that all the good players do come with a hefty price tag, how is he going to do that? Where, where is he? Where does, a, where does he need to strength first and quick? And B, um, is, is there going to be some positions that are going to have to be recruited from within to, to make up for that? What's your, what's your thoughts on that? I think, I think, especially with Manchester United's youth network, they've got they've got a really strong uh, youth setup there. So you've got players like Rashford are coming in. We've got Williams, um, who's looking promising as well. I think the the main area United need to strengthen is uh, is their midfield, um, if, especially if Pogba leaves. We're going to need a top, top player to fill that gap. Um, I know we've got Bruno Fernandes, who's done incredibly well um, since he's come in. We in desperate need of a right midfielder. Um, I know we've, we've just got Daniel James to go on the left. Um, and it's a very young squad um, with people like Rashford, Daniel James, you know, Maguire. But um, uh, one, one thing... Yeah, one thing I want to throw back at you, though, Troy, is um, obviously as a big six club like Manchester United are, um, in order for them to go back to the days where they were consistently winning trophies and consistently doing well, players like Pogba are going to need to stay on the books. It needs to be a case of they build a team round Pogba rather than replacing him yep. and, and, and almost replacing Pogba yeah. with another player, etc., etc. How does how how does a team like yeah, but how does a team like Manchester United keep hold of a player like Pogba? Surely he needs well consistent uh, European football. True. Uh, I think the thing that's like ruined it for Pogba was Mourinho at the time that he did he didn't get on. That kind of ruined his experience there at Manchester United, and it kind of has carried on through now. Um, yeah. Give it, give it a season if he stayed there with a couple of transfers coming in. He'd be, he'd be solid. He'd be fine. And I think the issue that United have had over the last few seasons is that players are coming over there purely for the money, not yeah. for the badge. Yeah. If you think back to Di Maria, for example, he hated it. What a horrible waste of time he was. Um, he hated every second he was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you've got Paul Pogba who's coming for a second spell at United. There was a reason why Ferguson left, you know, allowed him to leave the first time round because his attitude. Yeah. You know, no, no one player is bigger than the club. And, no. And that's why Solskjaer's got a, a big job on his hands to make us back into, you know, a world class. So, um, as as we're on Manchester United and we'll stick we'll stick with them for a minute. Obviously, where do the um, the title race has been a two horse race for the past two seasons. You know, it's been Manchester City, it's been Liverpool. Where where do you feel? (laughs) Sorry, Troy. (laughs) How far away do you feel Manchester United are to getting to that to be in contention with that top three? Do you think it's far away? How many players do you think it's going to take? What do you think it needs, Troy? Well, this season, everyone is miles away from Liverpool. Um, I, th- I think we need three signings for us to be competing again. I think we could do with another defender. Um, obviously, yeah, right midfield. I think we could do with a top quality player. Um, and then possibly even a new goalkeeper in a few seasons' time. Well, I can give you three names straight away that are perfect for them positions. Tom Eaton, T- 
Tyrone Mings and Jack Grealish. <laughs> oh, shut up. Thing is, they, thing is, thing is, how have you got Grealish into this podcast? How <laughs> is he's a front runner for Manchester United? One he is, he is actually very heavily linked to um and to Manchester United in the summer. If if we do have yep. a and even though um, Grealish is a fanboy, he's a bit of a fanboy from Manchester United, isn't he? I wouldn't, he I wouldn't take Grealish. His his attitude again is, is all wrong. Now that wouldn't a take Grealish Manchester United fan. Let's continue. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not we're not here we're not here to talk about Jack Grealish this week. Um, we're I gonna think, um I want to I want to I want to I want to move uh, ask the same question to you, Joe, as as an Arsenal fan. Yeah. Um, um, so obviously it's it's a long time ago since the Invincibles. It's been a long time since Arsenal have been mentioned in that conversation. Where do you think Arsenal need to improve? Oh my word! The <laughs> uh, <defense laughs> is straight away. But you know, because like, the reason—sorry to interrupt—but the reason I asked this question and the reason why we're having this debate is, surely to be considered a top six club, you need to be in contention for winning the top prizes every single year. Um, and in order for Manchester United, Arsenal, Tottenham these teams to be considered in my book a top six club a big league club they need to be in contention for for these massive trophies and what do you think it's going to take to get there well i mean i think the issue is we haven't been that this low for a long period of time which some people seem to have in their heads you know look at the last 10 years i mean 2015-16 we finished second in the prem Last 10 years, we've won three FA Cups. We're in the Europa League final last year and finished top six. You know, it's, it's, it's only this year and we do need strengthening positions. But I do think, you know, we're only, I don't know how many, I think we're like three three points off Europe, maybe, with a game in hand, maybe slightly more. We're still there. And I think we obviously need a defender. I think we really need a centre mid. Um, and obviously heavily linked with party at the moment. Um, I think we need a couple of sides. I think we need a couple of sides to to compete for the title. We, it's not going to happen for a couple of years, but I'm happy with that because I think we're in a similar position to. It's going to take to get there. Well, I mean, I think the issue is we haven't been that this low for a long period of time, which some people seem to have in their heads. You know, look at the last ten years. I mean, 2015-16, we finished second in the Prem. Last 10 years, we've won three FA Cups. We're in the Europa League final last year and finished top six. You know, it's, it's, it's only this year and we do need strengthening positions. But I do think, you know, we're only, I don't know how many, I think we're like three, three points off Europe, maybe with a game in hand, maybe slightly more. We're still there. And I think we obviously need a defender. I think we really need a centre mid um, and obviously heavily linked with party at the moment. Um, I think we need a couple of sides. I think we need a couple of sides to to compete for the title. We, it's not going to happen for a couple of years, but I'm happy with that because I think we're in a similar position to United and Chelsea, where actually the clubs should be sticking with their youth in the team, build them up, and then I think there'll be three clubs that will be uh, massive in a sort of two three years time. But um, obviously. You've you've mentioned some similar positions that Troy's mentioned, and it goes back to the argument is there's only so many players to go around, really. Um, obviously that's that's something else that we can debate. Um, I want to cut Luke. I want to come back to a point that you made last week. Actually, when I was listening back to last week's podcast, I thought this was a a, a big point that was um sort of brushed over at the time. But we talked about Manchester City, and we talked about how when the money came into Manchester City, they spent big, they spent a lot of players. We're coming to a stage now where it may be, you know, I've got a list here. So David Silva's turning 30, it's, it's 34, Fernaldinho's 35, Aguero's 32. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're not playing FIFA 20, where as soon as somebody hmm. turns 30, they plummet. Um, but for a centre forward, 32 is, is, is a, you know, it's getting to that peak age. Yeah, definitely. Do you, and, and obviously, they're a club that hasn't got European football at the moment for the next what two seasons. How 
do you, do you see Manchester City staying at the position that they're in, Luke? No. Uh, especially looking at their their like backup players, such as Gabriel Jesus, hasn't really done too much. Um, Aguero is a clinical striker. Obviously, it's where your goals are coming from. He is getting a bit older now, like the rest of the team. And no, I can't see happening. You've got youngsters like Foden, who are coming through and looking better, fortunately. You could see against Villa in the final. He looked very good. But no, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna start slipping further and further down now. But I one can't thing see one, one one point I was gonna make and contradict that was the fact that you've saw it from Leicester. It only takes a matter of four or five games on a bounce of a run. Your uh, momentum's going. That's all you need, really. Like Leicester's team wasn't fantastic. They gelled together. It wasn't a fantastic team where we're talking about positions and where you need more positions. Leicester's team at that point, they had three standout players in Vardy, Mares, and Kante. But apart from that, it's a pretty standard team and they're still in the Premier League from yeah. it. Um, Joe, I heard you um, go in there saying that you disagree <laughs> with Luke. One, one, one point I, one point well. I want to attach... One point I want to attach that uh, to, Joe... Um, Vincent Company left um, last season. They didn't replace Vincent Company, um, um, uh, obviously, and they've struggled defensively this year. Just yeah. goes, it, 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 it cements the point that these players aren't as easy to come by as you think. Obviously, there are a number of players who are coming up to the, that age where we may need to start thinking about replacing them how are they going to replace them you can throw money at people you like but how are you going to replace those players joe but the thing is yeah but number one yeah money is a big one for a lot of players uh, straight up and secondly they they're still there you know they're still second in the prem you know they won it did they win it last they won it last year didn't they so yeah by a point like, but they won they won the prem last year like it's not like they've dropped off yet already. They're not competing for the top four. They are in second position. They're they're a big club now, and there is still money there. And they've got they've got young players to build on. I think Jesus Foden. Um, you've got Zinchenko. Sterling's only twenty five. Zinchenko, yeah. Um, got as well. You've got Mendy. Yeah, they've they've got There's so players. many young players. In that squad, I can't yeah, see that's true. But, but some but, of them do go missing. You do, you don't, you don't think about some of them. To be fair, that's but a valid Troy, point. one one thing, one thing I want your opinion. Um, obviously, with no European football, with the ban, how are they going to keep those players and keep them satisfied? There's already talk of Sane moving to Bayern Munich. There's talk of De Bruyne wanting to move. Yeah. How how are you gonna how are you gonna keep hold of those massive players? Because the the best players in the world want to be playing on the best stage. And the best stage, it's got to be the Champions League. Um, how, how, how is a team like Manchester yeah. City going to keep hold of those those players, Troy? Well, I think a lot of, you know, if I'm a player, I've been at a, a team like Manchester City for however many years. I'm, I would be thinking to myself, look, I'll stay for one season about European football and then I'll go off if if we don't get it the, the following season. But the for a lot of players it, it will be the money, won't it? You know, yeah. if they comfortably make a national squad, regardless. Um, yeah. As long as they're getting paid enough, they'll yeah. stay. Plus, you've got to think as well. Actually, they might not have European football, but is that not going to help them out in the league? Let Do you feel that um, obviously, obviously um, going back to the glory days of, of of like Manchester United and Arsenal and those teams, there was a massive amount of club loyalty, wasn't there? You know, uh, you know, you, you you think about Manchester United and you think of Roy Keane, Gary Neville, those 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 players. Do you feel that cl- there's there's club loyalty in the game these days? Um, and and is it, are Man City going to be able to turn around to their biggest stars and go, look, we haven't got Champions League football, but stick with us because we're going to have it. Is there that loyalty that are in in, in that dressing room nowadays, um, Troy? Well, there definitely isn't as much. But in you know, in my opinion, why why should they be loyal? It's a job at the end of the day, isn't it? If I if I got offered the 
you know, the same job at a rival company doing what I'm doing for twice the amount of money, I wouldn't blink twice. I'd go, I'd go there straight away. Uh, see, I think it no, depends. No. Yeah, no, I agree. No. Do you not, do you not, not agree? No. It's not just a job, is it? You're of playing. Course it is. But no, they are doing something they love and being paid for it. I, of course, yes, it exactly. Is so why would you get? Why would you want to get paid more money? So you, would you go and play if you were playing for United and you and City offered you a contract? You go play for City if they offered you more money. Of course, I blimmin' would. Oh my word! See, I but, there, but there are players in the game that have done that. There are players. Yeah, but, that, yeah, that's you know, true. Look at Raheem. That, look at Raheem Sterling. He 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 was playing for Liverpool. City offered him more money, and he didn't blink twice. He went. All you know. All footballers, especially in the Prem, all footballers are earning by far enough money. That's what you know, I was going to say. They yeah, don't definitely. need to. There needs to be some sort of loyalty. You get so to Van Persie, for money, example, Joe. Van Persie then... wanted to win Premier League titles, so. He okay. Yeah. He went to United and won us a title next season. Yeah. Because he wanted to go <laughs> win a title. That. But you're you're saying that you would go because they're offering you more money. I think that's very different. Because then you're allowed. To, that's about football, isn't it? You know, you want to win things. It's not about money. Well, where's the loyalty? It's still the same, isn't it? It's still talking about loyalty. I think I think Is that's it? very different. That's about almost promotion ish. I don't understand where you're coming from, but. The money side of him has gri- grasped the game way too much to a point where loyalty is fading, and that is sad to see. Is, is uh, promotion not more money? Is what? Sorry, I missed that. Sorry, say that again. You're talking about you're talking about promotion. Promotion isn't isn't getting more money part of a promotion. Yeah, but can't you do that at your own club? I think as well with football, um, it's very much fan based. You build a relationship with the fans. So you don't see many players quickly change in team. Well, you do. You do see some, but you don't see as and many. I, and I, th- I, you know, I, th- I think when it comes to to that, you know, and that there is loyalty, and and I think there are different players out there. Some that are loyal to the club and and will want to stick with that club, and and ones that don't. You know, um, it's, and it's been the same since since the Premier League has begun. You know, look at look at. Um, Steven Gerrard you know he was offered a, a position at Chelsea turned it down he wanted to stay with Liverpool was that to his detriment yeah it probably was because he never won the Premier League but um, he Status. stayed at his he stayed at his boyhood club and he will still be I mean I know we've, we had this debate a few weeks ago but he will still be considered one of the Premier League greats I know Troy's going to disagree with that but that's that's just fact that's no, just... I know I agree He's a, he is a Premier League great but he showed a lack of ambition by not by not leaving Liverpool at the time. No, no. Passion, lack of ambition, just, or was it was it playing for the respect he had for the badge, um, yeah, and, and the respect he had for that with the club team and the fans? Troy, Definitely. would you, as a United fan, would you want your players playing for your badge, or would you want them there because you're paying them the most? Of course, I want them playing for the badge. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing that I'd rather than play for loyalty and for the badge, but that's that's not how it is. That's you know. That's what you and want. I, I I disagree with that to a certain point though, Troy. Because I tell you what, if you look at these big six teams and you look at the, you look at the teams that are, that are there, I think there's you you look at the top dogs that are in the Premier League at the moment, the champions of Europe, which are Liverpool, and I think you've got a team of players there that are playing for that club and they're playing for the fans. And whether whether yeah, they get paid an extortionate amount of money, but you get that feeling from Liverpool. You get that feeling that they're they're doing it for yeah, for definitely. each other. Well, of course they're doing that because they're winning. If they started losing, they'd be off in a flash. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's, <laughs> it's 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 been it's been a, it's been a hard slog to get Liverpool to Liverpool to where they are. Um, a lot of those players have stuck around. You know, I know the the big names. You know, you've got Alison Becker, you've got Virgil Van Dijk. But then, you know, there are players in that team that you know, Bobby Firmino's been there years. Um, you know, Jordan Henderson's been there years. All these players have. Sorry. Repeat that, Troy. I lost you. Yeah, the two the two players that you you, you mentioned, Van, uh, you know, um, Van Dyke, yeah, Allison and Van. Um, I Firmino. I name now. 
Firmino. No, the defender. Van Dijk. Vir- Virgil Van Dijk, the best player yeah, in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, if they start, if they weren't winning the title and, and doing as well as they as they are, within a, a year or two they'd be gone. Obviously, we can't answer that question. We 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 only have to go on what we see from an outside looking in. Unless um, the contract's good enough, of course. But then why didn't why did why did obviously there was there was the catastrophic event when Liverpool got to the Champions League final and were humiliated against Real Madrid. They were they were nowhere near the title. They've never won the Premier League. Why did half those players stay then? Well, they're obviously getting paid enough and then getting an offer elsewhere. Well, the club didn't let him leave. Oh, Troy. <laughs> no. I just, I just, I just, from an outsider looking in, I feel that there is, there is still that team spirit. And you might be right. It might yeah, be because they're winning Chris. everything. But I see that. I see it from Liverpool and I don't see it from any other team. I don't and even get that feeling from Manchester City. I don't get that feeling from, from so that team. I do team. get that feeling from one other team, which is Leicester. And I think, yeah. they, I think a lot of them play for the badge and you can see how well that is treating them. And they're not a club made of money, but they sit, you know, there's players that stay and they play for the badge. And that's the Completely same. Completely agree. And that's the same. Yeah. If you think about legends of the game, you know, you think about your Totties, you think about your Royces, you know, and they, they are just loyal to their clubs. And that is seen as an incredible achievement. And yeah. I think that is needed in football. OK, hang on one minute. I'm going to take a break and then we're going to come back and then we'll move on to another team. Yeah. OK. Yeah, look, you lot are banging on like I don't think there's any there's such thing as club loyalty. Of course, there's club loyalty. I'm just saying there's not as much as there was, you know, in you know 10, 15 years ago. Um, of course, there's still you've still got players like Jamie Vardy, um, even Gerard, who's obviously now retired. You still got players that are, are loyal to their clubs, but I think the 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 more money is being poured into the Premier League and other clubs in other leagues, that's going to play more of a part. If you're, as I said before, if you're getting, if you're not winning the league and a, and a, and a club comes in for you and wants to pay you, you know, 20,000 more a week, the chances are you're going to go. And that's, that's a very good point. And one thing I want to move on to, to quickly, before we mention, obviously, we've, we've covered some teams in detail. I want to talk about Spurs. I want to talk about Chelsea. And we will do in a second. But that's, that whole thing about being paid the extra money to go and to, to, to play somewhere, do you think it's more important for a player to have the money, go to one of these big six teams and sit on a bench? Or do you feel... Do you feel it's, you know, I, I've never been one to see the point in that, to be honest with you. And I'll give you, you know, and I'll give you an example that's a little bit close to home to me as a Bournemouth fan at the moment. You've got Ryan Fraser at the moment, who's about to come up to contract. He's been a mainstay of the Bournemouth team, despite the fact he's openly said in the media this season that he hasn't been trying. Um, and he's got top six teams clambering over him. And I, I doubt whether he will make that first team. What is the point of a player going, earning all this money to go and sit on someone's bench? Is it, is well, it, a, is it a status thing? I think that's where Troy comes in, where he said about it's money. There are he, If someone takes that, then I know they want to be in the bigger club. They know they're going to be on the bench. That's just money orientated. They're just money orientated. Um, with players like that, yeah, basically. Danny Drinkwater is a classic example. You yeah, know, yeah was, moving to a big club. He was in like a Villa. Leicester yeah. winning team. Goes off to Chelsea, plays a handful of games, you know, and he's, yeah, he's, he's sitting on the he bench, on the bench. A, a load of money. Yeah, and and that's and you are you are right. I mean, there's different characters in the game, isn't there? You know, I think you know, like like Joe mentioned just a second ago, when Leicester City won the the, the Premier League. Jamie Vardy probably could have had his pick of club, but he decided to stay yeah. at Leicester. So, yeah, there's definitely different characters that are in different teams. Um, um, and it's, it is just a shame that so much of it is dominated by money. Um, 
And also, it's also going to prevent players from going to those big clubs as well, isn't it? Because, you know, know, I'm I'm just going to use Nathan Ake as another uh, um, example. Maybe he would have wanted that move to Leicester, but almost the club's putting a stop to it because there is so much money involved um, in in the game today. Um, I want to move on to Tottenham um uh obvious uh at this stage considered a big six team got a fantastic stadium <clears throat> but they haven't won anything um since 2008 which was the um efl cup um should should they I mean, obviously they are in the top six consistently what's keeping what's keeping their teams there um uh, and, and what's what's keeping their players there and what's uh, what where do you feel they need to improve um we'll go with troy well i, th- I think they need a new they need, need another striker um there's no one pushing harry kane um yeah. i think they need they, i think they need to replace ericsson uh, i know they've bought in Dombele, um I don't think he's done too well this, you know, since he's come in. Um, yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. I think they need to they need to strengthen their defence as well. You've got aging players, especially at centre back, um, with not much um, reserves. No, there's, there's no depth. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Joe, do you want to weigh in on this? Obviously, being an Arsenal fan. <laughs> I I don't want to sound too biased when I say this, and I mean this with the least biased opinion, but there's something about Spurs that just, as a team, again, I just don't, you know, there's, there is less depth. I think, I don't know if I'm, I'm just not aware of it, but I think there's less youth coming through the ranks, it seems. Um, and it, it just, and I, I mean this from the least biased way, because they're always up there, don't get me wrong, but they're always up there, they're higher than Arsenal are. Um, albeit by one point, I think. But um, there's just something about Spurs where, as a, as a team, I don't think they they gel as well as as the other teams, and I think that shows by you know I can't remember when did they last win a trophy? I don't know what it is, but uh, 2008, which was the um, EFL Cup. Um, they've won nothing in Europe since 1984, which was the Europa League. Never won the Champions League. Never won the Premier League. They won the FA Cup in 1991. It's all it's all a long, long, um, long time. They ago. have to win something. Yeah, like, I think. Sorry, Joe, go on, carry on. I, yeah, just without sounding too biased, and the the only reason that they're not is because they are staying in that position or around it. But they're the team that are most that I feel are most likely to, to drop off that big six, just because they're not winning anything. And I, I do that... agree, but I, do, you know, do you know who I want to compare them to? And I know this is going to sound absolutely awful, and, and Spurs fans are going to hate this, but you've almost got to look at them like a bit of a West Ham. Do you know what I mean? They, they've, they've got this big, bright, bright, brand new stadium. They've got, a, you know, they're always looking for the top manager, as are West Ham. Um but yeah, nothing happens. Nothing seems to materialise. Yes, they're consistently in the top six, but they're, but they're not doing anything. Um, I think that's because one point I was going to make was um, they turned into a bit of a feeder club. Not too much, but you know, like with the Kieran Trippier, the Kyle Walker, they've got prospects going for, forward to properly help their team. And they sold them to other, to other teams, yeah. obviously dominating the Champions League. But what's... Um, What's keeping those players in the club? Um, you well, know, I think we're... Uh, go on, Troy. Sorry, I was just going to say, I think we're forgetting that they did make the Champions League final. They did, yeah, they did. You know, yeah, that's true. they yeah. are doing well, albeit not not as well in the Premier League. Um, Don't get me wrong, I think I, th- I think Spurs are doing well and I think they are, they are competing and they are still... A, I, like I said at the start, I think the big six are still the big six currently, but they, they've just—I think they've just got to win something. They've, they've not been able to sign anyone either, have they? With all because of this new stadium. Well, yeah, they've got no they, money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give them, I think give Mourinho a chance. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I don't think even Pochettino should have been sacked. Don't, um, I, no, no, I, I agree. Give Mourinho some time to build a squad. 
and he'll do a good job. I think definitely, they'll come good. But I know last last week we made the comparison between Arsenal and and Spurs, and I'm going to do it again briefly this week. Um, obviously, they're both in similar situations. They've both brought in new managers. For some reason, when I look at those two teams, I I see Arsenal as a team that's they've got a younger manager. I can see them on the way up. I can see Spurs almost getting worse before it gets better. I don't know if it's because of the way Mourinho manages his teams. Uh, he has an initial spike and then players seem to drop off. I think it's also going to be a real struggle to keep those Spurs players happy there. You know, you know, Ericsson's now left. How long till Harry Kane turns around and go, actually, I've only got a short, I've only got a short yeah. career. I need to go and do, you know, to win these. You know, there's, we, we were talking about club loyalty. When does that end? And when does a player that go, actually... I need to go and, yeah. and win Kane's some. Kane's 26 as well. You know, he's... Coming to his prime time money. now. Yeah. And and how how does a manager... I mean, like you said, Troy, they, they got to the Champions League final. Um, it, it was, it was uh, back... Here, uh, so... 16-17 season they came second in the in the prem it's always never quite enough um and obviously they're they're, they're a fair way off now um i, I don't I, it's going to be very difficult to a try and get players into the club that hasn't won anything and b keeping the players that they have um i think once again it's all down to squad depth Mm-hmm. Um, just, just the lack, the lack of squad depth I've got. The, I think the reason they're not doing so well in the Premier League is in the times of the being in your, well, they're in Europa, they're in the Champions League. You've got Man City and teams like that just dropping a couple of the best players, like an Aguero for a Gabriel Jesus, who can still do the job. Tottenham don't have that. They don't have that at all, no. and it's, it's. I think it's damaging their position in the Premier League. That is, that is the difference just between because. Uh, like I don't want to talk about it too much, but obviously Arsenal and you've got Spurs and there's always that rivalry of how they're doing. And if you look at their comparisons, they're not too dissimilar. You know, two both of them finished second reasonably recently. Uh, both got to finals, but there is just that couple of things that you get from Arsenal that you don't get from that Spurs team, which is depth, youth, and they've won something. And if Tottenham get yeah. something in like that then I don't see them going anywhere, but they need some depth and they need some sort of youth coming through. I think I think with all of these top six as, as well, I think squad depth becomes much more important the, the more you the more you move up the prem and the more you want to compete in all these conversations. Um in all these competitions, sorry. Um and I feel that you are completely right. I just don't see the squad depth with Spurs. No. Um if they want to compete on the big stages but then that's probably Liverpool's biggest week you know Liverpool got a fantastic starting 11 it all falls to pieces when they get into the FA Cup and the League Cup and and they put their their B team out and it's it's not quite good enough um yeah but yet you look at Man City's bench and it's incredible you know, it's, it's, you know, I think Jose Mourinho famously said it last season when he was a pundit on Sky Sports. Um, there's only three teams that are in contention for the Premier League at the moment, and that's Man City, Liverpool and Man City's beating. They've got that squad yeah. depth. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to get players to come in to sit on a to bench. To sit on the bench. <laughs> yeah, I know. Unless you're um, offering staggering amounts of money like Man City do. Yeah, and that's exactly. why it works with Pep, isn't it? Because he he rotates the squad so often, yeah, you know, that his his players end up, you know, staying happy. But with Liverpool, I, I imagine part of the reason why they don't have such a strong, you know, depth in in quality, is it because they're doing so well. The players that are sitting team. on the bench don't want to don't want to be sitting yeah. on the bench, so they'll go elsewhere if they're if they're quality enough. Yeah, exactly, and you know what? This is a debate that I was having with. Um, with 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 my brother, who's obviously a, a massive Liverpool fan, you know you've got you've got a you've got a centre forward like Divock like a Divock Origi, um, you know he was the main man last season, got the goal got the goals against Barcelona, got the goal against Tottenham. He is 
playing second fiddle to that front three, that, that amazing front three. How long is a player like Divock Origi going to exactly. stay at Liverpool as an understudy when, oh my God, he's, he's an incredible player. Look at how, look at the difference he's made in those massive games. Um, it's the difference in quality, though. Like, the, like Because of the quality of, of Liverpool's front three, you can't see Origi getting in. And it's just what the manager's looking at. Like, you're not going to drop a Firmino for an Origi. But with teams like Manchester City, where it's like, oh, I'll just alternate the team every game because I've got the squad depth. Like Troy said, the team's happy. They're all getting their, their own game time. But yeah, it's a problem. But then would you yeah. rather be would you rather be second fiddle to a Bobby Firmino or would you rather be first choice at a team like Crystal Palace who's never going to win anything? Exactly. They're just sort of middle yep. of the table. That's, That's a true, question. Would you would you want like medals um, and awards for being a bench player? I it's down to personal preference. I, I personally it's wouldn't. down to motive. Mm. Yeah, I, I'd 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 be playing for Crystal Palace and playing week in week out to try and get my name. Football, but it's, yeah. if as we said earlier, we had the debate. You know, football is a job, etc. They always say that you need to enjoy your job. Exactly. And if you enjoy to enjoy football, you've got to be playing it. To be fair, to enjoy but, your job, I'd sign a bench for fifty grand a week. <laughs> but then, but then, but then, as Troy said, you know, it's it, it, different. People have different motives. Some people might want to go to work and be active and do the job, whereas some people might want that to come home from work in the evening and see all the Premier League medals that are lined up on their wall. Everybody's got different personal preferences. Um, but, but hey, um, we're going to lastly talk about um, Chelsea. So obviously. I feel like Chelsea are a long way, you know, as as a, as a few of the teams that we've discussed tonight. Um, obviously, Chelsea at one stage were were incredible. Obviously, we we mentioned on one of the pods a couple of weeks ago how the Chelsea team that won under Mourinho is probably up there with the Invincibles and the treble winning um, United side. Um, again, they've had. And inf- they've got a massive, massive youth structure, got a, a brand new manager and almost a risk in Frank Lampard. How far away do you see them? They're fourth at the moment, which is more than um, anybody thought that they were going to do. Where do you see them, Luke? Not very far. I don't see them far off at all. I have a lot of respect for Frank Lampard for coming in, taking a job when he's got no like finance behind him. He can't buy any players. He's got Tammy Abraham. And Mason, Mason Mount, for instance, that James in defence, he's using youngsters. And I know, like you said, they've got good youth, but mm. to use a team like that and get them to gel and play well, to be from fourth position with no money at all, if given some time to to build the team now how he wants, he'll do, he'll do a good job. He'll do a good job and Chelsea will be fighting soon, I reckon. Troy, Troy where do you see Chelsea um, at the moment and, and in the future? I, I agree with Luke. I think um, they've had a bit of a strange season, haven't they? They've had some some off games against the lower lower teams. Um, but yeah, as, as Luke said, you know they've been under a transfer embargo. They've not been able to sign anyone. And what Frank Lampard's done with you know the youth players that you know in seasons gone by have just been sent out on loan. Yeah. Um, and that in this in you know Chelsea are a prime example of of what a team can do when they just give yeah, you definitely a chance last week on the podcast we were obviously talking about manager of the season we were talking about the importance of sticking with a manager long term um obviously as we said the ollie's gonna need um arteta's gonna need um obviously you look at you look at chelsea at the moment and obviously there's a lot of there's there's there are players which frank lampard inherited one player i want to discuss in particular um is uh, Kepa Ariza Balaga, who is, uh, as we sit here, the most expensive goalkeeper in the world, brought in brought in by Maurizio Sarri. Um, a new manager's come in and inherited that team, and he's he's dropped the most expensive goalkeeper in the world and put in Willy Caballero. Um, I think that where, comes down to experience, because Kepa's quite young, isn't he? Yeah, I, I mean... He's one of these players, you've bought him, they've bought him, they had the money. They bought him because he was young for the future. Thought they'd play him. I think he made a, uh, made a couple of mistakes when he started. Um, Willie Caballero has just got experience. And to be honest, not, no money. He's got no money. He's using a weakened defence as such. 
Uh, he just wanted a solid goalkeeper. Oh, so obviously, obviously, Troy, carry on, sorry. I was going to say, I think they've got to give him more time because, you know, if I use De Gea as an example, he had a terrible couple of seasons and Ferguson told him to you know, strengthen up, get a bit of weight behind you so you're stronger yeah, when you, surgery. balls are coming in. And he, was, he became a world-class goalkeeper. I think mm. you've got to give the keeper... More I think it also time. shows Frank Lampard's sort of what he can do at Chelsea as well. You know, like if you're not performing or if you're not, you know, they see him in training day in, day out. Maybe Caballero was, you know, training better and Frank Lampard was like, I don't care how much your price and that that's, was. Um, you're playing I'm having it well. Yeah. That, that, that is what Frank Lampard said in a press conference. I mean, I know um, for me, I just feel that a, a young goalkeeper like um, Ariza Balaga, it's gonna it's, it, confidence is gonna play a huge role, and I think I think there's we we associate money with a lot of these players, but we forget they're human beings. I think should do you think Frank Lampard was right to drop him, and, and uh, or, or do you think yes. he would have should have stuck with him? No, I think he should have dropped him. He's obviously. He's going to have respect for Lampard, obviously, formerly being a player. That's the benefit of just coming out, like Arteta, I reckon, as well. Um, even the youngsters are going to know him. They're going to know who he is. They're going to have that respect. The fans are on his side. So he's got that respect straight away to put in who he wants, and he's not as worried about it. And he's probably you, said to Kepa, you're a youngster. You, you know, get some experience, and I'll play you eventually. You've also got to balance out, as a manager, between you know giving the player a chance, you know trying to build his confidence... But on the other side, you've got to also make the players aware that they are droppable. They yeah. can't put in a subpar performance and be guaranteed a, a starting spot yeah. each week. Um, so, um, obviously, we discussed with, with, with the other teams about where we feel that investment might be needed. Do you think a goalkeeper is, is on that list? Because there's a lot of rumours that a goalkeeper no. is on Frank Lampard's wish list for the for this, this this upcoming transfer window. I think um, uh, Dean Henderson's been linked with, with Chelsea as well as Aaron Ramsdale. Um, do you think a goalkeeper's needed in there or do you just think that, that young expensive goalkeeper needs, needs needs chance Joe I think a goalkeeper's needed you uh, feel I don't, I don't think they need one really you don't think they need one right I think okay. they I think they, they, I think they do better to strengthen in other places where they do need strengthen they've lost a very spicy player in Hazard haven't they they need yeah. to replace very true I do think they need a keeper there uh, I'm not too sure if Suck made Willie Caballero's age I know he's getting older now as well um, and then, you know, some teams nowadays have got three keepers. They've always got a couple of reserves. I'm not sure if Chelsea have that reserve. Um, I think... Um, keeper, but well, it was um, it was Rob Green for a long sure. time. Obviously, you yeah. know, he's, he's probably in his 40s now. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously a goalkeeper is a very... Um, and they very help each sp- other. I know they've got the coaches, but the keepers can help each other. And with Willy Caballero, he's got experience. But I'd bring in another keeper for the future again with Kepa. And then, like yes, Troy it's, said, it's, it's keep changing them. Give them I think the they do well. better to spend their money on a striker. Oh, definitely. Chelsea. I'd agree with that as well. It depends how much money they've got. So, so Joe, you feel... I mean, obviously, um, Hazard played more of a, a winger role, didn't he? Um, do, do you feel do you feel it's, it's more of a winger role that they need, or someone that's that's up front in in that strike, um, in that in that striker role? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, who they obviously they've got Abraham, uh, William looks to be on his way out. Um, they've got, got Giroud as well, they? still got Giroud, Giroud as well. Giroud, they? but I mean, how old is Giroud now? You know, he's got to be coming up to, you know, 30s or whatever, or something like that. He's 33. 33, Giroud. Right. You know, he's got to be coming to the end of his career almost. Yeah. And then they've got Hudson and Doughty, but I think you need an experienced striker in there, especially if Giroud is on his way out, you know, getting older. Although, has he just signed a contract? I feel like he's just signed an extension, actually, Giroud. Yeah, and, 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 did, and I think... Um... If there's one thing that we've highlighted in this in this pod is that when we're talking about a lot of the big sixes, there's there are the certain same positions that have come up, whether it be centre back or striker or 
and it's just it's just going to be a question of who can get those strikers first and 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 and, and what's going to entice them to the club um yeah it's going to be a very interesting um uh transfer window if it does happen the bottom line the bottom line is obviously we're here today to discuss the big six and 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 should they be the big six um the fact of the matter is whether these teams have won anything or not they are consistently the top six teams in the Premier League. You know, yes. they, for, for, the, for the past six years, other than the odd occasion, they they have they have been the top six. Um, yeah, do you, do you? I mean, obviously, if, if the season continues and Liverpool wins, that's the team that's never won the Premier League that's going to be crowned. Um, I mean, I don't know about you boys, but I'd love to see a bit more competition with with those spots. I think the last few years it's sort of been decided quite early on who's going to be the front yeah. runners. I'd I'd love I'd I'd love to be in a stage where it's a bit it's more. Changing. I think I think I think you will find it, especially with teams bringing in young managers and bringing in a lot of youth players. The teams, like I said at the start, United, Arsenal, Chelsea. I think it's going to be a lot closer than in a few years' time. I really and do. I think Leicester and Wolves will be jumping in there soon as well. Leicester, yeah, of course, yeah. And obviously the the elephant in the room with with obviously the, the rumor that's coming up is Newcastle United. Obviously, if 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 the takeover goes, yeah. Through, um, I I will believe that transfer that that takeover when I see it because I know a similar one was rumored last year. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. But obviously, if it does go through and it does happen, then they could turn all this on on its head really but you can't can't just buy you can't just buy players you've got to build a squad and that Mm -hmm. is important yeah but city cities then again it took city a couple of seasons didn't it to really get in the swing of it it didn't happen overnight yeah Um, i think financial fair plays a lot yeah it's a lot stricter now as well isn't it Definitely. Yeah. That's the yeah, that's a very good point, Troy. And obviously it's come back all that spending has come back to bite Manchester City yeah. um in, in the, the arse already. Um yeah. Um any anything else you boys want to talk about the top six? I think we've pretty much covered how we feel about it. Yeah. What's yeah. what we need sure going that. forward. Um we'll talk a little bit about next week's uh, podcast. So we've we've talked about the top of the Premier League. Um very much Joe and Troy having passionate conversations about their clubs. <laughs> Next week, Luke, it's you, uh, you and me. We go, um, we 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 fight our corners because next week we are discussing the uh, the oh, relegation yes. battle. Um, we are discussing. We are. We are discussing. We are discussing the bottom six teams and the relegation battle as it sound uh, as it stands. Because Villa ain't going down. Uh, and, and and obviously a lot to discuss next week but um, until then I just want to thank everybody for listening um, and thank you boys for joining us thank you Chris thank you thank you very much you we will guys. see you we will see you next time thank you very much So there you have it. We are flat out of time for another week, but I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Premier League Fan Podcast. Now, don't forget, you can join in the conversation. If you join us on social media, we are at PL Fan Podcast, and you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Also, if you listen to the podcast, why not hit the subscribe button? in any platform that you're listening to right now whenever we upload content it will go automatically to your phone and obviously if you enjoy the podcast then why not suggest it to one of your friends one of your family and tell them that this is just a glorified pub chat and if you think that somebody would enjoy that then hey why not suggest it to them join us next week when we will be talking about the relegation battle thank you for listening and we'll see you again